Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Medical Facilities Corporation 2021 Second Quarter Results Conference Call. After management's remarks, this call will include a question and answer session whereby qualified equity analysts will be permitted to ask questions. Before turning the call over to management, listeners are reminded that certain statements made in today's call, including responses to questions, may contain forward-looking statements within the meeting of the safe harbor provisions of Canadian provincial securities laws. Forward-looking statements involve risk and uncertainties, and undue reliance should not be placed on such statements. Certain material factors or assumptions are applied in making forward-looking statements, and actual results may differ materially from those expressed or implied in such statements. For additional information about factors that may cause actual results to differ materially, from expectations and about material factors or assumptions applied in making forward-looking statements, please consult the MD&A for this quarter, the Risk Factors section of the Annual Information Form and Medical Facilities Other Filings with Canadian Securities Regulators. Medical Facilities does not undertake to update any forward-looking statements. Such statements speak only as of the date made. Please note that today's call is being broadcast live over the internet, and the webcast will be available for replay beginning approximately one hour following the completion of the call. Details of how to access the webcast replay are available in this morning's news release announcing the company's financial results. I would now like to turn the call meeting over to Mr. Rob Harar, President and CEO of Medical Facilities. Thank you, Jennifer. Good morning, and welcome to our second quarter earnings call. Joining me today is David Watson, our Chief Financial Officer. Earlier this morning, we released our second quarter results. Our news release, financial statements, and MD&A may be accessed through our website at www.medicalfacilitiescorp.ca, and they've also been filed with CDAR today. Our second quarter was highlighted by a continued strong recovery in case volumes on a sequential and year-over-year basis. Surgical case volumes were up at each of our facilities, with Sioux Falls Specialty Hospital, MFC Nutera ASCs, and the Black Hills Surgical Hospital experiencing the largest increases. Our facility service revenue was up 44.2% from the second quarter of last year. In line with the higher surgical case volume across all facilities, we also saw an increase in operating expenses, partly offset by the impact of the sale of Two Rivers Surgical Center in September 2020. Our EBITDA for the quarter was down 3.7% from the second quarter of last year. But as a reminder, we recognized just over $21 million in government stimulus income in the second quarter of last year versus $572,000 this past quarter. Importantly, compared to 2019 as a baseline, second quarter EBITDA, excluding government stimulus income, increased 12.7%. Looking ahead to the back half of the year, we remain cautiously optimistic in our outlook, 
While we are pleased with the continued volume recovery in the second quarter and encouraged by the continued rollout of vaccines across the U.S., there is still a lot of uncertainty due to the Delta variant in many parts of the country. COVID-19 cases have been on the rise so far throughout the summer, and we continue to support the vaccination rollout at each of our facilities and in general. Regardless, all of our facilities are open. We have sufficient PPE on hand and continue to take all necessary precautions. And we have a strong base from which to grow, both organically and by way of strategic acquisitions. On the topic of, of organic growth, the 4,500-square-foot expansion at Arkansas Surgical Hospital is moving forward as expected, remains on track for completion before the end of the year. We also look to capitalize on the strong ASC market, whether through potential acquisitions or de novo opportunities like St. Luke's ASC, which we opened last year and continues to ramp up volumes. With that, I would like to now turn the call over to David to discuss our second quarter financial results. Thanks, Rob, and good morning, everyone. I will discuss our financial performance for the quarter, then provide an update on our balance sheet and liquidity. But first, I would like to remind everyone that all dollars amounts expressed in today's call are in U.S. dollars, unless stated otherwise. Our facility service revenue for the second quarter was $97.6 million, which was up 44.2% from the $67.7 million in the second quarter of 2020. The increase was primarily due to higher case volume as prior year volumes and case mix were impacted significantly by the pandemic. Overall surgical case volumes increased by 51.1%, outpatient cases increased by 62.1%, and inpatient cases increased 15.6%. Although second quarter surgical case volume from continuing operations increased significantly compared to 2020, it was still about 6% below the second quarter of 2019. Total revenue and other income was $98.1 million for the quarter, an increase of 10.5% from $88.8 million for the same period in 2020. As Rob mentioned, facilities received an additional $572,000 in government stimulus during the quarter, while they received just over $21 million in the second quarter of last year. Operating expenses for the quarter increased by 14% to $81.2 million to a more normalized level driven by the growth in case volume. As a percentage of total revenue and other income, operating expenses increased to 82.7% from 80.2% in the prior year, but compared favorably to 86.4% in the second quarter of 2019. EBITDA for the quarter was $23.7 million, or 24.1% of revenue, compared to $24.6 million, or 27.7% a year earlier. Compared to 2019 as a baseline, second quarter 2021 EBITDA, excluding government stimulus income, increased 12.7%, and the margin was 23.7%, compared to 21.8% in second quarter 2019. In the second quarter of this year, we generated cash available for distribution totaling $7.5 million Canadian dollars resulting in a payout ratio of 29.2%. This is a slight increase from second quarter of last year due to the strengthening of the Canadian dollar relative to the U.S. dollar. Turning to our balance sheet, at quarter end we had cash and cash equivalents of $61.5 million and consolidated net working capital of $48.1 million compared to $45 million at year end. Cash and cash equivalents included $20.8 million of Medicare advances after $2.3 million was recouped in the second quarter. 
The outstanding balance on our corporate line of credit was $31 million at quarter end. Inclusive of lease liabilities, our net debt to equity stands at 0.49. We continue to be very well resourced to capitalize on potential growth opportunities, and our leverage remains significantly lower than our U.S. trading peers. For additional detail on our financial results, including specific results for each facility, please refer to our MD&A. With that, we would like to now open the line for questions. Operator? Thank you. If you'd like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you are using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, press star 1 to ask a question for just a moment to allow everyone an opportunity to signal for questions. We'll go first to Andrea Leno with National. Hey, uh, good morning. Thanks uh, for taking my questions. Uh, I wonder if you guys can talk a little bit. I mean, you said the volumes are, are generally recovering or have recovered. I was talking if you can. Uh, I was wondering if you can talk a bit about uh, how is it trending versus historical uh, levels, and uh, what are you seeing so far in Q3? Yes. Hey, Andrea. Thanks for the question. Um, you know, the, the volumes have continued to improve. Uh, we saw in the first quarter that, uh, you know, certainly up significantly compared to uh, 2020, still uh, a little bit below uh, the same uh, period in 2019, uh, but that continued to improve in the second quarter. Uh, we were you know, about 6% below uh, second quarter 2019. And, you know, we're cautiously optimistic. I think all, all things being equal, we'd expect that trend to continue. Um, but obviously, with the uh, you know, potential impact of the Delta variant, we're we're cautious on that. Okay, no, no, for sure. Uh, and as a follow-up, there, I mean, does the caution come from a general sense of caution that cases are increasing, or, or are you seeing anything in terms of cancellations or postponement? It, it's a general caution at this point. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you. Uh, the second question I have, uh, you mentioned, it, or, or uh, Rob, rather, in the re, uh, prepared remarks, and it was in your press release as well, into exploring growth opportunities in the second half of the year, uh, be it the Novo and acquisition. So uh, I, I was wondering uh, if you can talk a little bit about what would kind of sway you one way or another uh, to, to the Novo or to an acquisition, and uh, if you can talk about uh, uh, what kind of size are you considering? Would it be more of a sort of a tacking kind of situation, or would you even look for something of, of, of the size? Well, in general, Andrew, we've talked about our growth opportunities in the ASC side uh, are, are significant, uh, listed in terms of, you know, the looks that we're getting in our pipeline. Our pipeline is active. You know, we continue to look at both de novo development opportunities as well as, as acquisitions, um, you know, and, and so we see, we see that market starting to uh, you know, pick up in terms of activity. Clearly, we've talked about that. And uh, so we, you know, we, we see a lot of activity right there. It takes a while, of course, to work through development opportunities and, and to diligence uh, acquisitions and the size are generally what we've got about now in terms of the ASC uh, uh, portfolio. 
for that two to four okay. OR size. Great, so that's good color. Thank you. And uh, my next question, and uh, I have a follow-up, but I'll, I'll jump in the queue after. I'm sure if you can talk a bit about the the TMS fee schedule for this year, uh, any impact of the procedures, or uh, like what, what impact would it have to medical facilities, if at all? Yeah, you know, I think I think the overall uh, lift on the schedule is 2.3 percent. Um, yeah, the expectation is that uh, you know, from from our specifics. It should be, you know, in line with that. Okay, great. Uh, and uh, the the follow up to that is that uh, is there the reinstatement of the inpatient list uh, any impact to medical facilities at all, or, or any thoughts you might have on that? Uh, I, I believe you're talking about the inpatient only list. You know, CMS. I think it's, it's pulled back from that uh, this yeah. year, and uh, you know, and just in general. You know, I'll just say in general, our volumes continue to improve, you know, across the board. So um, at this point, I would say that not that's not been the impact. Okay. Okay. So so no no changes there, right? So it, it should be more or less. Not a, not not right. Right. Okay. Great. Thanks. I'll uh, I'll okay. jump into queue. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go next to Doug Meme with RBC Capital Markets. Yeah, thank you and good morning. Um, first question just has to do with the surgical case volume increases that you're seeing. And you noted, um, I read that large part of that, 68% uh, coming from Medicare or so, or growth. Uh, and then uh, I think it was 38% from Blue Cross, uh, Blue Shield. Um, can you talk about why you're sort of over-indexed right now to... Uh, Medicare growth. Um, just curious about that. Yeah, Doug, I appreciate the question. This is Rob. It, 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 what we've seen coming out of recovery is that the, most of a large part, to a large part, the deferred cases, you know, were were Medicare. So, you know, starting to see that come back, and uh, you know, as COVID and vaccinations roll out, so we've seen you know a little bit more growth in that area, and of course, Blue Cross being in our commercial. Line is um, is also you know was a part of that, but that's that's really the reason behind it. Okay, okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, right. The other thing that I was uh, wondering about um, is, do you think that the company and other surgical hospitals, just in 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 general, are benefiting? Um, from what may be per perception that they're, they're a safer place to have procedures done versus a community hospital where um, they could get exposure to COVID, et cetera, et cetera? Or do you still feel that they, it's simply a function of um, you know, the quality of the care and those sorts of things that you can provide relative to a community hospital? Well, I, I, Doug, and that's a very good question. I think for the for the, primarily, it's the quality and the outcomes and things like that uh, that that win the day. The uh, secondly, I tell you that uh, um, that um, you know the uh, yeah, I think that's primarily the what, what wins the day here. Uh, now, I would tell you we've benefited. Over uh, over the time, from being a safe place, not treating COVID patients, that we have seen some volume pickups from that, and especially from physicians 
in the community that are not owners. We've called that, we've talked about that in previous calls. And you know, to, to some degree, there may be some benefit from that. But for the large part, it's the reputation uh, of each of the centers and the quality. Yeah, okay, good. And then finally for me, just with respect to multiples and those sorts of things in turn, uh, as you look at your acquisitions, now de novo is one thing, but the acquisition multiples, are you seeing any price inflation in those, um, whether they be a, a surgical hospital or I guess it would be mostly ASCs in, in this case, but um, anything you've observed there through the period? Uh, what we're seeing right now is, is fairly stable multiples. We haven't seen any expansion of that, you know, over the past, uh, really the past year. So it's, it's been fairly stable on the, on the uh, multiple side. Okay, great. That's it for me. Thanks very much. Right, thank you. Great, thanks. We'll go next to Chelsea Selick with IA Capital Markets. Uh, hello, good morning. I just have a couple questions. Um, I guess I'm just curious on the outlook of uh, government stimulus. I know that you mentioned um, potential stimulus from, from newer packages. I just kind of want to get a sense of where you expect things to roll out for the remainder of the year. You know, um, based on, on uh, you know, stimulus that's been received today, Chelsea, uh, you know, we still have some deferred that, um, you know, we'll be recognizing in the third and fourth quarters. But, okay. it's, it's, you know, not, not, not at the same level that, uh, you know, we, we've seen in past quarters. Okay. Um, and then I guess this is my last question. Um, I know that you mentioned uh, there's just been a larger proportional increase in surgical cases at, um, you know, MSC and SSH, just kind of more color on, on the larger increases there and, and if that's going to continue moving forward, that the, the delta between certain uh, facilities. Well, we just called out those were the, uh, I guess, best the, the best uh, uh, Performers in terms of the volume for the quarter. I don't. Uh, I think overall we're pleased in general with that with that trend across the portfolio. You know, as David called out, Chelsea. You know, we've we've we continue to close the gap to uh, the 2019 levels. You know, and even within the third quarter, we saw almost uh, you know, a continued uh, positive closure rate, rate. So, you know, Delta COVID aside, we're pretty optimistic of that continuing. Okay. Yep. That's that's great. That's it for me. Thank you. Good. Thank you. And once again, if you'd like to ask a question, that's star one. And we'll go next to Andre Leno with National Bank. Hey. Uh, good morning. Uh, th thanks for the follow-up. Uh, just uh, w one for me. Uh, can you guys talk if you're seeing anything in terms of uh, inflation, uh, be it in? Uh, within your current staff or even labor pressures uh, in the U.S. when that has impacted uh, hires or anything like that? Yeah, good, good question, Andrew. Um, you know, we've, we're in competitive markets. We've always seen, uh, you know, competitive labor market in each of our, our markets. Um, 
we have seen uh, you know, increased pressure this year, but nothing that's impacted our ability to maintain staffing levels or operate. Yeah, uh, uh, thank you. And is, is there any way, like, to, in terms of to uh, the, the increased pressure, uh, actually, is it more in terms of recruiting or is it more in terms of compensation uh, or, or keeping staff in-house? Yeah, it's, it, it's actually both because uh, they, they end up playing um, off on one another. Okay, okay. Uh, is there the impact quantifiable uh, that you might want to call out or, or not, not really quantifiable impact at this point? No, not at this time. Okay, great. Thank you. That's it for me. Okay. And at this time, there are no further questions. I will turn the call back to Mr. Rob Harar. Thank you, Operator. In closing, we thank our physician partners, nurses, and all staff who deliver outstanding care to patients each and every day. And as always, we look forward to reporting on our progress again next quarter. Thank you. This does conclude today's conference. We thank you for your participation. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.